Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning. It is time to get up off the night of our dreams. Oh, what a doubleheader. Washington, Texas, good to the last drop with an incredible finish. Michigan, Bama, an instant classic with the most surprising twist in big game history. We'll tell you exactly what it was. And it sets up what could be the last dance is Monday. Jim Harbaugh's last game as a Michigan man, win or lose. Oh, we're ready to go, people. Happy New Year. Let's do this thing. Come on, baby. All right. We got a squad ready to go today. Look at Orlovsky. Hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Why are you pointing, Why are you pointing at him? I usually here on Tuesday. But right. it's, good. it's not a normal Tuesday, Dan. Yeah. Danny wanted to come in and talk Don't about the action last Don't night. Don't say it. And you know who else did? <laughs> Taylor Lewan wanted to get up with us early Welcome. this yeah. morning. He's ready to go today. Paul Feinbaum is on the way. That should be spicy. Ooh. Let's do this thing. We start with Michigan and Alabama, and it was all iconic. The venue was iconic. The programs, iconic. The coaches, iconic. It's Harbaugh, it's Saban. Here we go. Back and forth all night long. Fourth quarter, Bama down by three. Jalen Milrow finally breaks one. Yeah, I was surprised it took Alabama so long to get to this designed quarterback run. Allowed their offensive line to start to control the football game. The physicality, they find a way to punch in and take a lead late in that fourth quarter. Alabama up 17-13. Now their lead is seven. Michigan, three timeouts with three minutes and change left on a fourth down at their own 33. A gutsy decision, Harbaugh to go for it. Gutsy, but the right one, especially when you know you have the ideal and perfect play call. I love what Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator for Michigan, does. Gets the advantage. It's an easy throw for J.J. McCarthy and a great conversion. Anybody here surprised they went for it there rather than punting? I was surprised, but Dan's point is a good one. They know they're going to get man coverage. They go four by one. They're going to finish that. And that sets up this. Roman Wilson makes a catch mm. that will live forever. That's a game-sealing interception, Dan, if he doesn't go up and get it. Yeah, first of all, it's a great job by Lawson to get in that right hand tipped on it. Watch Roman Wilson reach out his right hand. That initially kind of gets a hand on the football, and then the concentration essentially through contact. And then here's Wilson again for the tying score. Again, a beautiful play design by Michigan to take advantage of Alabama's defense. Did anyone think they would go for the two and the win? Absolutely not. No game. I hope so. No <laughs> Dan Campbell coaching that. That's well put. All right, so the overtime we go. Blake Corn, Jeff, this is too easy. Can't do it. Can, hey, can games be one of the trenches? Yes, they can. And that's what just happened right there. Alabama again. This is 150 seconds. Yep. Michigan up by seven. Alabama needs to answer. Third and goal from the 14, Dan. Yeah, it's, it's, this is the right completion. You're a long way away. Burton gets one-on-one. The downside is he's their best pass catcher. Gets them in the fourth and goal without him. Here's your ball game. Chris Fowler, take it. Game on the line. Williams in motion, low snap, Melrose stopped, Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. The great call by Chris in the moment because once again that snap is low and that was the story of the night and it certainly impacts the play. We have all morning long to dissect exactly what did and didn't happen there but one way or another you see the agony 
of defeat on the face of Jalen Milrow and the ecstasy for Harbaugh and the Wolverines. They're on their way to the title. Jim, how about all the tumultuous season? You know, it's almost been an unfair advantage. I mean, all the things that, that uh, you know, the, the team has gone through. I mean, we don't care anymore. We don't care what people say. We don't care about uh, um, anything that comes up. We just know we're going to overcome it. I told him before the game, it's going to be about what we do. And when you look back at it, it's, it's kind of about what we did and what we didn't do. Um, not taking anything away from Michigan. They played a great game. They got a good team. They're very well coached. But, you know, we could have done things a little better as well. And that's on me, on the coaches. It's not anybody else. All right, everybody, put your feet up. We have all morning long to dive into all the things that, as Saban said, did and did not happen last night. And let's begin with that final play because it is in its own way a microcosm of the night that we had. We happen to have one of the genuinely great offensive centers in the history of the NFL. They matter. And that's Jeff Saturday. Jeff, (laughs) why can't we get the ball snapped? to the quarterback all night long and then on the play that decides the season. Yeah, it started early. Obviously, it was a bad snap early. I thought actually like that went to the guard. There was miscommunication. He has another bad snap. You just felt the pressure. And listen, the tighter you get down to the goal line, those pressure situations, you feel it. And I'm sure he felt that the ball is a little low. Milrow has to make a play on it. Again, I'm going to say this about the call. Whatever you think about the call, love it, hate it, Follow your guard on that. You can't go inside. You have to follow your guard. If Here you we does, go. Could be different. Uh, okay, so before we get into the final play, Michigan completely outcoached Alabama, both For offensively sure. and defensively in this game. To the final play, I think it's a good play call. Yeah. I think that Jalen Milrow. Stop, let me stop you there. People are waking up this morning. They watched it last night, and they're hearing Dan Orlovsky say, snap the ball to the quarterback, have him run directly no, into the butt not. of his offensive lineman. How is it? Explain how it's All a right. good play call. So the play call, you motion in the back out. When that linebacker that we see kind of running comes from the back side, Jalen Milrow, I would have expected to throw that ball to the back, and it's basically a foot race to the pylon. That's essentially the goal. Michigan is blitzing everybody mm-hmm. like they did from literally the first play of the game throughout the whole football game. You guys are making the snap sound like the ball is rolled back. No. He catches it like mid-calf. I mean, if He's you want an him, unbelievable if, athlete. If you want him to be able to make that throw, the snap needs to be better. Right. A like, little bit able, better, yeah. To be able to read where the, back, where the um, coverage is coming from and make the decision to throw the ball, I think that had something to do with the decision because I had the same thought as you. Is when I see that linebacker running, I'm like, ooh, we got a Especially linebacker. from the back running side. Running back in and space. Right. Yeah. It don't matter what side. To me, it's well, like, front I side, like this. No, I understand. Yeah. It's better position. Sure. But I'm thinking I got a one-on-one in this situation with a bunch of space. I like that, but he can't see. Taylor, jump in here with us here. The final play of the game. How did you see it? I thought it was a great job by Michigan calling zero in that situation. I have to disagree with Orlovsky here. I don't think it's a good call when you look back at uh, Alabama and how they've kind of handled themselves from a run aspect throughout the game. What it really was, what gave them the most success is the RPO type of situation. I think if you give Milrow the opportunity to look, see if a a linebacker is going to break on the run or stay back, then you're able to throw that ball. If not, let him use his athleticism to buy some time. I think when you do a direct run and a a power scheme like that, it almost turns into you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. But with the opportunity to have an RPO, you're now looking at to see where he's had those big runs, those almost X plays throughout the game that came at chunks at a time. 
Well, I mean, if you're ta- – first of all, that is an RPO. That, that's yeah. called because he can run quarterback power essentially or kick the ball out essentially in one-on-one. If you're talking you wanted an RPO that was maybe more to the perimeter and a flat route or something like that, I could see. But this is a pretty good call. If, if the snap is ideal, I would be surprised if Jalen doesn't throw that ball again to the back. If the snap is ideal, maybe it's just quarterback power and you follow the guard. My only I- issue with all of this is – we're not giving credit to how Michigan collapses the line of scrimmage on the backside. Again, Michigan had one more than Alabama had. Burton going out is a big part of this. But Michigan blitzes again and collapses the offensive line. Watch the right side of the offensive line just get absolutely dump truck. I know Jeff keeps saying, like, follow the guard. I don't know if the perfect snap even allows him to follow the guard because still outnumbered. he's still outnumbered at that point, but then you're going up against a corner he or a safety right. rather than meeting some D tackles in line. Right. So in that situation, defenses are always going to call zero in that situation. When sure. it is high pressure moments like that, we want to be aggressive. And that's They're why I think Burton being out matters. Yeah, and it does matter. he's now. their guy. Look, yeah. the story of the game in so many ways, we have two offensive linemen with us here today. The story of the game from the moment yes. it began, Alabama's offensive line got dominated. Yes. I mean, thoroughly manhandled. Their inability to protect uh, uh, Jalen Milrow in the That's first nice. half of that game in particular, it was tough to watch. It didn't yes. matter who you were rooting for. So I'll start with you, Jeff, and then to you, no, Taylor. No, How do we explain it? When, How, where was the answer? When Dan O keeps talking about getting getting out coached, they had no plan for pressure. Yep. First play of the game, no plan for pressure. And you saw, and again, when you talk about moments building up, once a defense feels that you don't have the answer, they're going to keep bringing it until you show you can answer it. And Alabama had no answer in the first half. The second half answer is really let Milro go make a play. That, that, again, is not a true answer. And so when you saw Michigan get everybody open in the flats, when they're on offense all day long and, like, nobody went to coverage, where was Alabama's answer from an offensive perspective? They didn't have it. And, again, when you're putting all five of those guys, the offensive line from Alabama had these struggles all season. They're slow on the outside. Inside they get they – get pushed back. They don't give Milrow a ton of space. This was not new. So for anybody who thinks, hey, Alabama dominated up front all season, they did not. Teams showed this before. I thought they would have much better answers. Let me get Taylor in on this. What would you think, Taylor? Yeah, so I think when you look back at the coaching and getting ready for this game, incredible coordinated rushes with the inside twist and then having contained with the defensive ends. They did a great job in that. Bringing the blitzes is disappointing to me because Nick Saban is a legend. He is one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. When you're giving up five sacks in the first half, you need to get to the sideline, you need to start throwing chips and get your, your quarterback a little bit of confidence with some short intermediate throws. And I just felt like they waited to the second half to make those adjustments. When when the it's bleeding like that, they should have sat on the sideline and said, hey, we got to throw a tight end in here. We're going to keep the back end more often. Yeah. And I, it hurt them towards the end. Okay, let me say this too about, about quarterbacks is once teams know that their quarterback's going to drop his eyes because there is so much. This is no fault of any quarterback. Once you get hit, you're sacked five times. You tell me you ain't looking for it. Like everybody, but you start to hear footsteps, right? You start to feel pressure. You start to make poor decisions. That's what that's what happens for quarterbacks. And and and, and to Taylor's point, like. At some point, give him give him Max Pro, like help him out where he can stand in there, or just or, or go. Hey, we're gonna go run the rock all the time. So you guys keep talking about the first play of the game. Michigan defensively blitzes Alabama. I actually remember when it happened. I was like, I was surprised yeah. that they brought pressure from the first snap of the game. Yeah, and it was very clear that the defensive coordinator Jesse Minter wanted to figure out very quickly. All right, can you handle it? And yeah. from the first snap of the game, Alabama said we can't. And I was 
shocked that Alabama just kept playing drop-back football. Yes. This is in the second quarter, drop-back football on first down, linebacker pressures, they slant the defensive line. Then it gets to the fourth quarter. This is second and goal. It's the, that's the very same snap defensively as the first snap of the game. Yep. They bring the edge pressure, defensive line has to slant. That equals third and goal in forever. And then this is the last play of the game with the zero pressure. That was one of my big takeaways in the game was that Michigan declared early on, Alabama, it is going to come all night long, pressurized. And Alabama really took a whole half to adjust with some type of counter, yeah. which was like a little bit more quarterback run right. and getting Milrow on the I mean, that's and, not and the even then not the nearly enough. So, so, so let me just make one point, because what I said in the open was one of the surprise twists you would ever see, and that's what I'm referring to. Nick Saban is probably the greatest coach in the history of college football. Yeah. They got their behinds coached out of them last night. Yeah. Jesse Minter versus Tommy Reese. But that in particular, he just keeps dropping back and standing there and yeah. waiting to get sacked. How about just taking off and running? Every time he did it, it worked. They looked like they just wanted desperately to find somewhere to throw the ball no matter what well, happened. I think part of this is Alabama is one of the most explosive pass play offenses in college football. I right. think they were like second or third in college football. And it felt like they were going to chase it. And Minter was going to make it very clear, like, you're not going to get the explosive plays. We're going to pressure you. We, talked, we started the show talking about the snaps. I would love to hear your perspective because I also think if you looked at every snap, they had a guy on the center yep. shoulder on purpose, Crossly. and they would cross his face. Mm. So, like, it was a very Explain clear – Explain what that means. So, Jeff can do it better than I can, but, like, they would, they would put a defensive lineman on either the right or left shoulder – and once the ball got snapped, they would cross his face. So as an offensive lineman or a center, I would be thinking, like, you're not thinking just snap. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, I got a snap. And then where's this guy going right. to make sure that you handle it to protect Yeah, you got to get depth. So from an offensive line perspective, the guy's crossing your face. You have to give yourself depth because you're one-on-one -on -one blocking him. So you have to be able to secure the block. So when you're snapping, he's going from your left. You're a right-handed snapper. And he's going from your left to your right. Your right hand is slow. So if that guy gets to your edge and is pushing the quarterback, that's an issue. So you're trying to hurry the snap right. again in your head, get the ball up, and get it across I get all it, of those but Jeff, we have to get the ball snapped. I Agreed. mean, this can't be the first time in the in the history of college football no. that someone has crossed the face of the center. No, no. Why do we have no answer for that all night long? Again, again this, this has been an issue for Alabama all season. This, 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 this snapping has been an issue. Hey, Jeff, no surprise, right? This is another example. I don't care what level of football. If you want to live in the shotgun, again, that's on you. Agreed. Agree. One of the ways that I think we're talking about stopping the pressures by picking it up. I don't agree with that. You stop the pressure by making them pay. Yes. And they were unable to do that. If you blitz them and you pick up the blitz and get five yards, I don't care. I'm doing it again. Yeah. If you pick up the blitz and get 30 yards, then I'm done. And Alabama couldn't do that Those all screens. night. Whether it's, yeah, whether it's um, Milrose decision making or the receiver's yeah. inability to get open or the scheme of it, it felt like more scheme than anybody because they got free runners. Free runners, and if yeah. Milrose shakes one of those or they protect it and hit a big play, you won't see the blitz again. Get Graz in here. Graziano, yeah. go. I mean, look, it's tough for me because I'm, I'm used to watching the pro game, right? Yeah. But I do watch all the bowls, as Hembo knows. Uh, but, uh, this looked like uh, a typical sort of mid-December college bowl game, right? right? Yeah. With all the mistakes. If it had gone the other way, we'd be talking about all Michigan's mistakes, yep. right. right? Muffed punts. That uh, Wilson, before the touchdown Still catch, has a block in the back that's yeah. completely unnecessary. He's like, playing hard. <laughs> <laughs> He's not playing hard. 
uh, you know, they almost they almost blew the game here. At that the play end, was right? painful. So I thought, I mean, watching the game, I'm like, you know, again, it's, it's college kids. I don't want to, but I mean, like, man, I think Michigan's going to have to be a whole lot sharper next Monday night because I don't think that Washington team's messing around. It, it was not the prettiest game. I agree with that, but the drama was extraordinary was when you consider everything <coughs> that was at stake and everyone who was involved. But that's why we were talking about before, before we came on. That's college football, yeah. right? Like, you, it's going to be sloppy and goofy yeah, and everything, and then it's going to be exciting. And that was a great example. I feel like I've watched Alabama play basically every one of their games for the last 10 or 15 years, or most of them. So does everyone. That's, that's We've all the, seen all right. of their games. We've never seen them look like that. That's the worst offensive performance I think I've seen Alabama have in my adult life. Thank you. And I, it was shocking to see that – they kept doing the same thing over and over again. And Nick Saban, for 15 or 20 years, has always done that to everybody else. Yeah. Like, Nick's, Michigan really beat Alabama the way that Alabama has yeah. beat everybody. Like, we're going to take away what you want to do. We're going to attack your weaknesses. And we're going to see if you can and will adjust. And they never did. Let me get Taylor in here. And, of, and of course, we all know, you know, you're, you are certainly more than excused for being happy with the result last night. But to take it to the other side. There isn't any question, it seemed to me, I, I defer to all of your expertise, the most effective offense Alabama had all night long was Jalen Milrow running with the ball, and it looked all night long like that was the last thing they wanted to do. They were yeah. trying to do, Taylor, everything they could to avoid that. I don't mean the defense. I mean right. their own offense mm -hmm. looked like they were trying to do everything they could to avoid what was overwhelmingly their most effective offensive play. Yeah, I think when it comes down, a lot of people like to talk about offensive coordinators and how egotistical they can be. If you have an efficient play in a run and you're trying to get the game going in the second half when Michigan's really ran the first half, you, you see the run, you see the athleticism, keep doing it. And obviously yeah. I'm excited about Michigan winning the game, but at the end of the day, we have to look at it with a critical eye. There were massive mistakes on both sides of the ball. If you're Alabama, you run it, you call the same play over and over again until they have to make an adjustment. Michigan, were, were, they're fighting a lot of problems early in the game. What'd they do? They stuck with the run. They allowed those safeties to start coming to Philly in. Then they started moving their shots a little more downfield. They continually developed and played the game of chess over and over again. Michigan's not excused for the big mistakes they made when you, the first quarter you're sitting there and you're looking like, here we go again type of situation, but they were able to calm down. Nick Saban was very uncharacteristic of himself with not just seeing what's working, seeing what's not working, and then just beating what's working to death until they make an adjustment on defense. Yeah. Yeah, let me say this about Michigan, too. Let's not let's just not make it all about scheme. The scheme, definitely, they, they got coached. But man-to-man, -man, <laughs> Michigan knew they had an advantage on defensive line, and they exposed it time and time again. Like, you can call the greatest plays you want, but if you're getting blocked, getting pushed around, getting those things, it doesn't matter. To their point, Michigan, at the one-on-one -on -one impact plays and impact players, they made more plays. On the, on the second down in the overtime, when he slints, they're running like a zone concept on the backside, and they inside they knew the advantage was on Michigan and they played to that like it, it, I mean we can always talk about being out coached but at some point players got to play tip your cap to Michigan because them kids they freaking brought it and they made some big time plays at big moments and you got you got to tip your cap at some point in the first half Michigan basically took Jalen Milrow quarterback run out of the game yeah now Alabama mm -hmm. lend itself to it they had 11 negative plays yep. Alabama mm -hmm. offensively Michigan defensively with the sacks and TFLs 11 yeah so 
first down, drop back pass, second and 16. Yeah. Quarterback run's done. done. Great, run it. Get yeah. six yards, you're in third right. and long. So, now Alabama, again, consistently thinking that Jalen Milrow is just going to play shotgun drop back football, hurt themselves. But Michigan's aggression took that, I like, desired game plan out of it. To Taylor's point, Michigan never allowed Alabama defensively to get themselves out of rhythm. They never exposed themselves. J.J. Um, McCarthy threw the ball 27 times. He gives, yeah. you know, he gives how many sacks? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Yeah. yeah. In a one-score game? Yeah. That's huge. And, and Danny, you know, as, as one whose job is to tell the story, it almost felt all year long. Like, this was the only way for Michigan's season to end, is in the championship game with everything that has happened, and we will certainly dive into it, with all of the drama, with the roller coaster, the suspensions, and everything else, the last game of the season, Michigan will be there. Add in the, the, what's looming over Harbaugh. We're going to be hearing a lot about Jim Harbaugh over the next couple of weeks and, and connections to possible NFL jobs. So that's going to be hovering over this game as well. So absolutely, yeah, a storybook, a storybook ending for sure to a very bizarre Michigan season. Well, look, I mean, the, it, it is a storybook you want to read. Taylor, stay close by. Feinbaum is on the way. We are just getting started. We haven't even gotten to the other game last night, which was epic in every conceivable way. Do you want to hear if Paul Feinbaum thinks that Michigan's championship, should they win it, will be tainted? Yes, I do. I do. We all want to hear it. And Paul will answer that question coming up. And then Graziano just talked about it. Will Monday be the last dance, win or lose, from Jim Harbaugh in Michigan? Don't miss Sir Paul live next. We got this thing rolling on a Tuesday. It's Get Up on ESPN. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. All right, wake-up call, everybody. Texas, Washington, final seconds. Washington Game Day Radio Network. Can the Dogs' defense get the stop on 4th and 11? 
Ewers takes a shotgun snap. He's back to pass. Pressure coming. Throws the fade. Yes! What a great call that is. The emotion of last night was extraordinary. Washington goes to the title game. No team has been tested like they have. They have the most ranked wins this season in FBS. They've won 10 consecutive games against ranked opponents, and now they get Michigan Monday night for the title. We've got all morning long to talk about it. Coming up, Nick Saban, outcoached by Jim Harbaugh, was last night Saban's last dance. Was it Harbaugh's last dance? Paul Feinbaum answers all. Don't miss it. Next. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What a rare treat. Just the sixth meeting between the Wolverines and the Crimson Tide. The stage could not be grander. First and goal. McLaren walks in. Alabama on top. Seven points is the deficit for Michigan. McCarthy scanning downfield and throws it high. And Wilson's got it. Michigan on the doorstep. And they pitch it to a touchdown as Wilson walks in. And we'll have it to overtime. They hand it to Corham again and makes a cut. Spins and scores. Blake Corham puts Michigan on top. It comes down to this play. Low snap. Melrose stopped. Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. In terms of the drama, it lived up to the hype in every conceivable way. The iconic programs, the iconic coaches, and the iconic venue. And we get ourselves an unbelievable game. You see Orlovsky, Taylor Ruan up with us. And I want to shout out my good friend Paul Feinbaum, who flew all night long last night from the game so he could do the show with us this morning. And, Paul, that is much appreciated. We have a million things to get to with you. Let's start with this. The first words out of Dan Orlovsky's mouth this morning were, Michigan outcoached. Alabama, that's Nick Saban, the, the greatest coach most, in most people's opinion in the history of the sport. What is your assessment? 
That's exactly what happened, Greeny, and, and being around a bunch of analysts on the field during the game, that's what I kept hearing from them. And by the end of the game, you can pick a million places if you want. Obviously, players have to execute, as I know you've already said, but ultimately, you expect Nick Saban to outcoach everyone, especially Jim Harbaugh, the one that some of us have uh, maligned and, and wondered about and pointed out his postseason record. And to see that happen, it was quite frankly shocking. Uh, I. I have the, the utmost respect, as all of you do, for Nick Saban. We know his record. We don't need to regurgitate it. But yesterday, Nick Saban was outcoached by Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, and in and, and, and particular, on the offensive side, would you say that Tommy Reese's name, who was the offensive coordinator who most people know, he was the quarterback at Notre Dame once upon a time, then became the offensive coordinator for the Irish, and now the offensive coordinator in Alabama. Very high-profile position. What was your assessment of the job he did last night? I was underwhelmed, Greeny, and this is a, a guy that uh, a lot of us were questioning after, after the Texas game on September 9th, and then the next week, we all know what happened. He pulled Jalen Milrow, uh, and he went through the second and third team, especially the guy he brought with him, Tyler Buckner from Notre Dame, who's now about to leave Alabama to play lacrosse, uh, and he, he really uh, was able to figure out a lot of things, namely the offensive line got very good, and by the time we got to Georgia a couple weeks ago, they were great. What we saw last night was the was the offensive line of the Texas game, and I don't. It's hard to to uh, really put into words uh, the morning after, but Tommy Reese did not dial up a very good game. He didn't adjust very well, and when it came down to the biggest play of the year, he failed. How about on the other side? Danny's going to show us a tape in a moment here. But, Taylor, let me bring you into the conversation here. We've spent a lot of this morning talking about Michigan's defense and what it did against Alabama's offense. How about the other side? How about when Michigan's offense was on the field last night, Taylor? I thought the offense did good. I think there were pieces here and there, some of the play calling, trying to call a uh, flea flicker on the 40-yard line after a turnover is just an insane call to do. When they, when they had to have it, they got it done uh, strategically. Yes, they outcoached Nick Saban, and the game could have been, you know, a double-digit game if we, you know, we make, we make the field goal and we don't spot them six points in the beginning of the game. Danny, talk about the offense, th that side of yeah. the ball. I, I thought the offensive play calling for Michigan was once again a massive advantage. And just like we talked about, like, the defensive side, first play of the game, Jesse Minter, the defensive, Jesse Minter, the defensive coordinator for Michigan, was like, here comes Blitz. If you watched Michigan offensively early on, it was very clear what they wanted to do. They wanted to shift, and they wanted to motion. Show you a picture pre, and then change it post. So here's the extended bunch on the fourth and two that basically secures the game. Now the extended bunch comes down. Now watch what happens to Blake Corum. Blake Corm's on the left of J.J. McCarthy. That backside backer happened, has him. Then they're going to hop or flip him at the very last second, left to right. We just saw Buffalo do this to the Dallas Cowboys. And then that linebacker front side's roll changes. He gets picked by that once extended bunch down. Easy throw for J.J. McCarthy. Here's the Roman Wilson touchdown. Each of those guys has man-to-man, -man, right? Now the tight end goes from outside to inside. Now the corner's roll changes. The safety's roll changes. That safety now has the tight end. He just had the wide receiver. When the tight end goes down, the safety's going to follow. Roman Wilson came, comes from one side of the line of scrimmage to the other, and because he has to step down as a safety, so the safety went from I have the wide receiver to I have the tight end to now I have Roman Wilson all within three or four seconds. This is a numbers advantage. We bring the backside tight end. This is a Kyle Shanahan type of play. We down block on the front side. No one adjusts for Alabama defensively. We kick out block, 
pulled the backside offensive lineman. He's blocking a safety because we got the numbers advantage. And then Blake Corum caps off the game winner in what is an unbelievable career. So, really, if we watch all of Michigan's touchdowns, every one had a shift and a motion attached to it. And every one, Alabama never adjusted accordingly. That is coaching. That is is why Alabama absolutely, on both sides of the ball, got outcoached by Jim Harbaugh, Jesse Minter, and Sharon Moore. Okay, so those are all the little picture, and we spent all morning so far on those because it was such a dramatic game. Let's go to the bigger picture. Paul, you and I have spent almost this entire season talking about all of the tumult within and around the Michigan program. Perhaps the only fitting way for it to end is with them in this national championship game. You've had a lot to say about it. What do we say today about the chance that Michigan and Jim Harbaugh will cap this thing off with a national championship next week? I think it's very good. And, and in spite of everything that has been said, Greeny, uh, they look like the best team in the country. Uh, Georgia might have something to say, but Georgia blew their opportunity to get into the playoffs. And what, what I really think is interesting is, is what happens uh, after next Monday night to Jim Harbaugh. As I was leaving LAX late last night, I took a look at the, the, the sports page of the LA Times. The lead columnist was begging, Greeny, he was begging Jim Harbaugh to take the Chargers job. So that, that's, that's, a, that's some place that uh, obviously uh, Harbaugh would probably be comfortable. We know some other places like the Bears. He is going to be in serious demand a week from today for the NFL and not one time uh, out in Pasadena, did, did he ever put that to bed? He, he dodged it, he, he gave word salads, and then last night he completely ignored it, the question by saying, I, I can't wait to get back to Ann Arbor. It's going to be a wondrous trip. Uh, so that's fair uh, enough. It, it, he also has the NCAA around the corner, and that's really the issue. Uh, clearly, and look, I mean, no, no one avoids questions better than Jim Harbaugh does. He just pretends they weren't asked, which was hilarious <laughs> last night again. But, but I, the other piece that I want to get to, look, you know that people have said, and candidly, I believe you are one of those people who has said if Michigan wins a championship this year, it will be tainted based upon all the things that have happened. He's one one away from doing it. Will it be tainted, Paul, if they win it? Greeny, I don't think so. And I know what I said, and I know what many of others have said. Boy, look at that. Look at the current state. Let me just interject for a second. State of college football right yeah. now. Uh, it, is, it, it is such a mess, uh, and, and while a, a lot of us find what we believe the case to be here to be repugnant, uh, almost everything about college football right now is repugnant. So I, I think Michigan, if they win, they'll, ho they'll hoist the trophy. There'll be haters out there, but most people, I think, are going to go, congratulations, you were the best team. Taylor, that is a great deal of ink you have on your hand. I couldn't help notice that as you were there just a moment ago. But, <laughs> and, and it is intimidating even with you not being in the room. Uh, so I will ask this question advisedly. The people who will say, because there will be many of them if they win, who will say this championship is tainted based upon the sign-stealing scandal? What will your response be to them? I say, you know, people love to punch up. That's what I would say. When you look at, the, when, you look at when all these allegations came out, it was before Penn State, it was before Ohio State, it was before the Big Ten Championship, and it was before Alabama. If you are cheating and people say, hey, this guy might be cheating, you're not going to go, let's just keep cheating. Hopefully they won't find out. Those games, the ones, they would have won all those other games, no problem. 
All of them, no problem. So when you go to these big time games where, hey, Penn State's going to beat them in Penn State, mm-hmm. Ohio State's going to beat all, oh, they're, they're going to beat everybody. And then you go against Alabama, who everybody's finding himself, which is why I was clapping, brother, because I love the fact, love the fact that you're, ta- you're, you're taking a knee, laying down the sword, and you're understanding that there's, there's nothing here. Like, allegations are not, at the end of this, Michigan, if they win, they're the best team in college football, and they deserve to have the national championship. Yeah, they, they might be that either way. Let me get Graziano on here really quick uh, before I lose these guys. Because, Dan, uh, uh, Paul Feinbaum alluded to it a moment ago, the possibility of Harbaugh leaving. For yeah. those, I know a lot of people have been on vacations and things like that, haven't followed it. This is not just sort of blank speculation. He did something in the last week that would definitively point to him going to the NFL. We hired an agent, right? Don Yee, who represented Tom Brady, obviously a Michigan connection there. Uh, and so, obviously, that's another sort of log on the fire for those who want to speculate that maybe this is the year he jumps back to the NFL. Paul referenced the possibility of, you know, maybe there's something coming with the NCAA. That's obviously out there sort of in the ether. I don't, I can't really speak to that. But between the Chargers job opening, right, and the Raiders job opening, right, and, and then that possibility, those are two places where Harbaugh has been connected in the past. Right. Uh, and it may just sort of line up that this is, this is when he finally does go back. Because, I mean, people forget, he was a very successful NFL head coach. Look, there were a couple of dots to connect here, but Don Yee was Tom Brady's agent. Yes. Harbaugh Brady, very close, the Michigan thing. Brady now involved with the Raiders, so a lot of that would seem to make sense. Uh, Harbaugh has a lot of history with the San Diego Chargers, now the L.A. Chargers, so that would make sense. Taylor, uh, I'm going to lose you shortly. Do you believe... Whatever happens next Monday night, I just mean that because you have to go, and we thank you for your time today. Um, It came out funny. Um, Do you believe, win, lose, or draw, that next Monday night will be Harbaugh's last game as the coach of Michigan? I think it's a strong possibility. I really do. And I, I think they're going to be in good hands. I believe Sharon Moore should be the next head coach of the University of Michigan. He's done a, a phenomenal job. But when you look at the allegations, if, he, if they believe that something's going to happen, he knows he's going to be wanted. He knows the Chargers and the Raiders and the Bears and everybody's going to want Jim Harbaugh. He's going to have the opportunity to dip similar to the way that uh, Pete Carroll did. I don't want it to happen. I love the fact that this guy's not playing by anybody's anybody's rules. I love the fact that he's sitting in a post-game press conference and saying it's an unfair advantage because of how how close the team is. I think Mm -hmm. that is just beautiful trolling to the mainstream media, sports media, saying we hear all the noise, we get it, we're going to keep doing us. But – I think at the end of the day, this is a business, and we're going to end up in a situation where Harbaugh is in the NFL after uh, the season. And then, Paul, how about the other side? Nick Saban, legend, <laughs> tough night. Uh, there have been a lot of sort of ups and downs here. What do you see there? I, I, what, what, are, what are your expectations for him and that program now coming off what was a very painful loss? Really, it's complicated because there were a lot of people who felt that if Saban put another title down, that would be his eighth, seventh at Alabama, then that would be the ultimate time to walk away. Uh, last night changes that, perhaps, but no one can really get inside of Nick Saban's head. But, I mean, there, there are a lot of signs all year long that pointed toward it. And even, even last night, he talked about how special this team was, how uh, it, it really was probably the most special experience that he's ever had, because I think we all saw last night this team had so many flaws and in Saban's mind to get there, but it's hard to imagine Nick Saban walking away after losing a game to Jim Harbaugh in Michigan in the semifinals. 
Nick Saban should keep coaching. There is no taint if Michigan, Michigan wins the national championship. Taylor, can you ask Will Compton for us to confirm which teams Roman Wilson and Blake Corum would be on and get back to us, please? Thank you. <laughs> I will absolutely do that, brother. No question. Thank you. All right. Outstanding work here. Paul, thank you again. Flew all night long. No sleep to come in this morning. Taylor, awesome. Thank you very much for doing this. Let us do this again sometime very soon. Meanwhile, everyone stay close. We're going to get more into Harbaugh's future in Ann Arbor. Will next Monday be his last dance? Graz has all the information you're looking for. And what does it all mean? Plus, we had another classic last night we haven't even got to. But we will. It's Get Up on ESPN. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back on Get Up, Wake Up Call, Michigan Game Day Radio Network. Aim on the line, fourth and goal from the three. Milrow puts a man in motion, empty backfield, low snap, quarterback run up the middle. Yeah! He's not going to make it! He's not going to make it! Nowhere close as the Michigan defense stuffs Jalen Milrow. And the Wolverines will play <laughs> Going to Houston, championship. I mean, the drama last night was extraordinary. Michigan entered the night with the number one defense in the country. They held Alabama to 3 of 14 on third and fourth down. Held the tie to 288 yards of total offense. Saban's fewest yards gained in a loss since the Sugar Bowl in 2009. As we mentioned, it fuels a lot of speculation that Jim Harbaugh could jump to the NFL. Here was his non-response when asked about it after the game. Coach, uh, there's a lot of interest in your future. I wonder if you can tell me what the chances are that the championship game might be your last one at Michigan. (laughs) My future consists of a happy flight back to Ann Arbor, Michigan. Can't wait. All right, and he's leaving. Uh, so let's just <laughs> let's be, it's all it's all well and good, and that's the right thing for him to say and all of that. But he is definitively leaving. You don't hire Don Yee to be your agent when Michigan has a hundred and fifty million dollar contract sitting on the table. All you need to do is sign it. You don't do that unless you are going to the NFL next Tuesday. There are a lot of very connectable dots here, right? And and I think look, we don't. Two years ago, you would have thought when he went up to Minnesota to interview, he was getting that job, but he didn't get it, right? Like it was connected with Denver last year, it didn't work out. You never know exactly how this is going to play out. But there are factors at play this year that haven't been in the last couple of years. 
One is the hiring of an agent. Another is the possibility of, you know, further NCAA, whatever, sanctions or actions against the program based on the stuff that's happened this year. So, uh, and the other factor is that Los Angeles Chargers job is a very desirable job for a lot of people because of the quarterback. You don't often get a head coaching job opens up with, with a piece like that in place uh, in Justin Herbert. So I think add all that together and I think there's a lot of people connecting a lot of dots here. I, I've made this point on the air before. I, I was with Jim Harbaugh in a, a purely social setting, had nothing to do with sports, and we were having a conversation that was not about his future. It was exclusively about the great young quarterbacks in the NFL, just how much great young quarterback play there is. And I am telling you, he, he pulled out Justin Herbert. He didn't talk about Patrick Mahomes. He didn't talk about Joe Burrow. He didn't talk about Lamar Jackson. He raved to me about Justin Herbert. Again, just in the context of a, a social conversation, nonstop. I will be stunned, Neek, if they offer him that job if he doesn't take it. It's a tough one to pass up. Normally, you take jobs that are like desolate situations where you are hoping to find a quarterback. We see so many coach-quarterback combos in and out in the NFL. If you find a spot where you know the hardest question to answer is already answered for you, that's a hard thing to pass up because when is the next time you're going to get an opportunity to coach a situation where you know you have a pro bowl, all pro level difference maker at quarterback? He hasn't reached those great heights yet, but we know that he has the capability. Just the guys you were listing, right? Like Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Those jobs aren't coming open, yeah. right? So, yes, I, I think oh, the yeah. Charger job is a little more complex and difficult than I think people want to assume mm -hmm. just based on their roster, the salary cap situations they have, some decisions they have to make. But to your point, having the quarterback makes every other decision feel easier. It's right? the hardest job. I mean, it's the so, hardest question to answer in maybe professional sports, but definitely in football is who is going to play quarterback? Do we have a chance or yeah. not? It's a lot dependent on how good that position is. They have one there. So I don't think that if, if he is interested in this job, I don't think he's going to be the only high-profile guy yeah. interested in the Chargers job. I think it's going to be very popular. There's a couple things attached to the conversation. Number one, he'll be the most highly sought-after guy in a long time when it comes to the NFL. Just because of his success at different levels, he's going to be playing for the National Championship on Monday That's night. Right. So is, is the Chargers organization and the Spanos family ready to pay up? Because it is not going to be cheap. He will be that highly desired. Two, don't forget that they fired their general manager. And not my – the reports were back at his time in San Francisco, the reason why it ended was he was difficult to work with on a daily basis. And the general manager and him had just headbutting experiences that kind of expedited their time together. So – it, are they going to hire a Harbaugh and then the general manager? Does he pick the general? I don't think it's as easy as great coach, go to the Chargers because quarterback. Just, just look uh, to San Francisco, how they did it, right? Your coach, then, then you go get the general manager to fit all the pieces you need to fit. The dude has won. He won at Stanford. He goes to San Francisco, goes to a Super Bowl. He's going to go to a national championship game. I don't care how many, quote, high profile. The dude wins. Everywhere he goes, and by the way, he builds, he, you know, from a coaching staff, yeah. he does all of those pieces and parts. Whatever you think about the guy from Michigan, don't let, don't let it blind you to the fact that everywhere he goes, he wins. He, will, he, will, he should demand it and get it. Question, do we think it's a bad look for college football? What? I mean, first of all, Michigan is one of the top three, four, five jobs in college football. Money is not a problem for them when it comes to their coach. Uh -huh. He would be coming off of an historic run – and potentially a national championship, and he's like, I, got, I want to get out, 
to go to the NFL? How long has he been there? Yeah. I mean, seven And he's years? always looking. He, I mean, he went to Minnesota. He's always yeah, looking. Yeah, I just, I don't yeah. know. Like, I, no. I would say that. Talk about, like, Taylor's a Michigan man. Like, he's, he's okay with it. Co- right. College football is one gigantic bad look. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, let's, let's not worry about if losing Harbaugh is a bad look. Let's pay the employees. <laughs> Start there before we get anywhere. <laughs> talk about is it a bad look for college yeah. football. Uh, I mean, yes. The, the, if we were to start figuring out all the different bad looks for college football yeah, right now. Harbaugh leaving is that a would fe- I, I agree with that. That would be a lower. I also would like to just quickly throw it to not overlook the possibility of the Raiders. I think the Raiders are yeah. another there real. There are connections there for Don sure. Don Yee, yeah. Tom Brady, all yep. that stuff. They could draft his quarterback, yeah. who he has been raving about, I'm, J.J. McCarthy. I'm sure that he'll talk to them. I, I, I don't think that one should be overlooked either. All right, we have so much more to do. Also, a reminder, hey, we got, we got North Carolina. Yeah, let's hey. go. Here we go, Heels. Carolina, Pittsburgh tonight, then Duke and Syracuse. We got good college basketball coming away on ESPN. Coming up on Run Them Out of MSG. More on last night's epic finishes. We got to get you to what happened with Washington and Texas. An incredible finish there. More from the Wolverines. More from the Tide. More on a Tuesday. Get up on ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 